Hi, I'm Alex Jump, and this is Focus on Health, a podcast dedicated to discussing and bringing to light the fundamental issues surrounding health and wellness in the food and beverage industry. This week, my guest is Marcia Polis, a myofascial specialist that has dedicated her working career to helping bartenders fix repetitive work-related injuries and understand that it does not have to hurt to do our job. Hi, everyone. I'm Alex Jump, and this is Focus on Health. Today, I have realignment specialist and movement consultant Marcia Polis with me. Hi, Marcia. Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good, I think. You know, or <laughs> it's I'm hard to say. Now, I'm good considering all the things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to say it. <laughs> so I've been really excited to connect with you um, because I've heard so much about you from friends all across the country within our industry, but specifically here in Denver. And I think that you and I, we only missed each other in Denver by a couple of years because I moved to Denver in 2017 um, and you left when, like in 2015. Is that right? I th- yeah, that would be right. Oh, look at you. You, you do math. Yes, <laughs> I've been a New Yorker for five and a half years. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, like I've heard about you from friends from Denver for like years and years. I remember I would always be hearing from, um, you know, my, one of my best friends, Mary, right. About events you did at Williams and Graham. And, um, yeah. And I, I just almost feel like you're this like mystical person that I've heard about in the industry for so long. Um, and I'm, I've just been so excited to chat with you. So thank you for joining me. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm always a little bit odd and honored when anyone from the hospitality community reaches out and and invites me to um to share thoughts or 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 to kind of muck around in their business is how I think of it yeah well you know I think that leads us into the first thing I wanted to ask you which is you've been teaching Pilates or myo and or myofascial release. Is that how you pronounce that? Myofascial? I say myofascial. Or, myofascial. Or get rid of the myo even and just say fascial release. Fascial. Cool. So you've been, you've been teaching Pilates and myofascial or fascial release for collectively over 15 years. But I think that a lot of people, when they hear that, they would assume that maybe you're a personal trainer or like a fitness guru or something like that. And that just, it couldn't be further from the truth. And I'd love to just start by digging into what you do, what the hell fascial, uh, fascial work and myofascial release is, and how all of that applies to our work in the food and beverage industry. Okay. So first of all, thank you for saying that because uh, I have actually taken Pilates teacher out of sort of my identification of mm-hmm. what I am because it is so confusing for people. And this year in the, in, in the midst of, of the pandemic, I also lived through a major hack and a switch of the website. And then it, because of the major hack and what I refer to as my 16-year-old baby, Polis Pilates, um, accidentally blowing her up one one morning at eleven fifteen, so that she disappeared and was never to be found again. I did a very quick and um, and sudden turnabout to what had been was being planned over a longer period of time to be identified simply as Marcia Polis, somatic practitioner, movement educator, um, and moved my site to marciapolis.com. 
so it was a rather sudden, um, the baby got kidnapped and then I accidentally, as she was going to a safe house, I, um, with one hit of a button made her explode and she disappeared. Mm. And so oh, no. <laughs> kind of like forced so, into that change that maybe you've been like waiting. Quick, <laughs> very quick and sudden. Oops. I guess I'm not that anymore at all. <laughs> Um, you know, 2020, sometimes you just, you, everything's, I've been pivoting for 16 plus years and you just never know when, (laughs) when you're going to be on that next corner and you can't, I always think of now with the pivot thing, I think of, um, the friends episode. Oh yeah. Always. And so (laughs) saying, you know, pivot and lower cap in, in all lowercase, then pivot with a capital P and then pivot (laughs) with all caps. And I have been pivoting. I don't know. I think my, at least my entire teaching career. And, um, this was, I, I, I had a hard pivot. There was a hard, there was a hard all caps pivot and suddenly, um, everything left the Pilates world. That said, I, I do use every single day in my personal life and in my teaching and in the work that I do with others, all of the principles of Pilates, but I for years have been working with people in hospitality relative to the idea that that your workout and your exercise, which goes to what you were saying as I'm really not a fitness or exercise person or any of those things. What I believe is that if you are working behind a bar or you're working on the floor of a bar or restaurant, or you are a chef in uh, your line cook, you're a chef, you're Mm -hmm. anywhere within the hospitality realm working within a bar or restaurant and I'll say brand managers as well, hauling mm-hmm. stuff around on your back and presenting to people. If if that's what you do for a living, you that's your exercise. That that's your exercise. That's your fitness. Because that's how you're spending the majority of your day. That's how you're training your body. Whatever you're doing in those jobs, you can't undo or train out of for an hour or two hours a week in the gym or in a fitness class or, um, you know, uh, doing some sort of Instagram challenge or anything else. The way that you're spending 12 to 16 hours a day, 10 to 12 to 16 hours a day with your body is, is your fitness routine. That's your workout. And, and so what I do with anyone that I work with, but specifically within the hospitality industry. And what I've done for years is I study how you use your body on the job. I study the rigors of the job. And then I look at what might be going wrong organizationally within a body that is going to cause repetitive motion damage or pain or is less efficient than it could be. So I like to use the word ease a lot. And I want you to be, even when you're working hard, even when you're using muscle, even if you are, you know, if you are, if you are a runner or an actual athlete as your job, the way that we traditionally look at the word athlete, mm-hmm. uh, even if, if you are, you, you know, something is very cardiovascularly, uh, it, you have, you know, there's a lot of output. I, it's not about, it's not about whether you're working hard or not. It's whether you are working effortlessly. And is there mm-hmm. ease? And, and those two things should be able to, to work simultaneously. Our body should be able to work as hard as it possibly can in a good way, not in a straining way. 
So there's that piece of it, but then there's also how are we, not only how are we using our body, but how have we used it in the past? So what repetitive motion issues have we created in our body? What, what skeletal alignment issues have we created by the way that we stand, by the way that we sit, by the way that we move, by the way that we shake a drink, by the way that we scoop cold draft ice, by the way that we are standing over top of a saute pan or doing prep work. All of, all of those things, by the way, we're carrying trays and bussing tables, by the way that we are leaning in with an ear, I can't even imagine now, mm. our current world, <laughs> but leaning in with an ear in order to hear an order in, in a really loud room and communicate and be present and powerful and grounded and someone that, that no matter what else is going on in the room, our, whoever we are speaking to can hear and can see and is popping up three-dimensionally in front of them. So how do we do all of that effortlessly? But how have we done all of that in the past and what kind of patterns has that created? And what have we been taught is the norm? And that is both, you know, what's the norm and how do we, I'm gonna go, it's easiest to go for me and especially relative to our conversation right now. I don't want to exclude any of hospitality, but I'm going to use my bartenders because that's mm -hmm. easiest to really kind of lock into. It's the group that I, that I work with the most in hospitality. Um, so if, how do you, you know, how were you taught to stand behind a bar? How were you taught was the safest way to stand behind a bar? How were you taught to, how were you taught or not taught? And you just learned how to do uh, scoop cold draft ice, which I think mm -hmm. of as, as the great, um, destroyer of bartender shoulders and forearms and wrists. So how, how are we taught to do all those things? And is it in a way that we're using the right muscle groups that we're holding our body in an organized fashion? And is what we were taught the reality of how a body works? Or is that right. just what we were taught by somebody else who's been doing it for years? Because right. what I see a lot and what I'm told a lot is, well, no, that's going to give me greater balance or no, that's going to be, or no, that's how we do it because... And I'll think to myself, I kind of, I'm sitting here um, in my apartment in New York, scratching my head as, as I would in, when I think about this. And, Wait, but that's not actually how a body works. So let's go back because I know how a body actually works. So what? Right. Or even more dangerous is, the, is one that I hear a lot, which is, no, we, we're doing it this way now because it protects my shoulders yep. or something. And but often, that's. Yes. Yes, and I'm yeah. like, and I'm screeching. No, I mean, like, <laughs> you got to see sometimes, sometimes like in my own little world, and the world coming into you via Instagram and Facebook and everything else. You know, my my screaming into the void is almost, you know, it's it's like um, it's like one of my favorite movies, The Princess Bride, where you hear him. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. and that that is like the sound that reverberates. You can probably hear me in Denver sometimes scream, but it's also, it's also, I want to talk before we get to that piece, cause I want you to bring us back to that piece, but here's the other thing. It's the conversation and the story that is being told and the story that is being told still within so many industries, including the hospitality industry is that, you know, this is just the way it is and you're going to be in pain and, you know, there's just discomfort and you only have this long of a career before something's going to go. And we're trying to do the best we can to, you know, to to 
keep the career going or to keep the body going and to not damn. And, and that's just, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, absolutely. It's just bullshit. That is just like the biggest line of bullshit story that you all keep on telling yourselves and each other. And Mm -hmm. the same thing with, you know, I mean, I mean, it's not supposed to hurt to do your job and it doesn't have to, and it doesn't have to, and you can fix the things that went wrong and you don't need somebody else to fix it for you. And you don't need a foam roller and you don't need some sort of ridiculous, obscenely horrific to me, electronic, like a, you know, fossil blaster or whatever, you know, I, you just simply have to learn how to use your body and how to, how to take care of it the way that you would any tool. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, there's so much that you said that I really appreciate um, that, you know, I want to touch on. I mean, first of all, you know, you said that so many people say that you hear people say all the time, you know, like, well, this job, it's going to destroy your body and you can only do it for so long. And, you know, for everybody listening, our, our mission statement at Focus on Health is we believe that, that it is possible to have long lasting, healthy and happy careers in the food and beverage industry. Um, We, we do not believe that we do not believe in the expiration date of a bartender as long as you learn how to treat yourself right, how you learn, if you learn how to treat yourself well. And so I so appreciate that you said that. And let's um, also, and how you, and then practice that because that's the other thing too, is it is a day you have to, if you are not willing to commit to, to yourself as a daily practice, if you can't make time for yourself, if you can't find the importance in that you come first then you are going to have an expiration date or decide you're going to live with pain. And this is one of the other things that I find so remarkable and also frustrating about the hospitality industry. I have never, I work in a lot of industries. I work with a lot of talented human beings and a lot of really intelligent and creative and, and kind and generous human beings in all industries. And then you have the hospitality industry. And I will say to people all the time, you're not going to find a better educated, a more intelligent, anyone with better cognitive skills because the cognitive skills that are required, for example, to be a bartender, both um, both hard skills and soft skills that are required to be a bartender. My bartenders learn if they want to faster than anybody else. Because mm-hmm. their cognitive skills are better, are, are higher and better practiced than any other. But here's the other thing. You're never going to find a group that is as empathetic and is as willing to put themselves, to throw themselves in front of a bus for another human being as you are the hospitality industry. You all will drop everything at a minute's notice and put yourself in harm's way to take care of other people. That's who you are. And that's who you are as a community. And well, it's a blessing and a curse, right? And Alex, the thing that, and I, I, I get, I get upset because the thing that upsets me the most is that the consistent thing within every individual within the community, especially the best of you, those of you who are the best at your jobs are the best at taking care of each other and other people 
and you will not apply that same care to yourselves. Well, this is a great, this is a question that I continue to ask in our industry is, you know, if we are all here trying to be the best hospitalitarian, the best bartender that there is, which, you know, that inherently implies that you are, um, you know, that you're serving others and that, you know, you have all those things that you just said, what's the point? what is the point in doing that and being the best bartender and in being so selfless and taking care of other people and being known as the, the best hospitalitarian in the world? What is the point if you die or you can't make it, you know, like why, why even be working towards that goal if you can't take care of yourself? Um, and so I'm, there's so many questions I have for you. I think my, I think my first question is what, fundamental issues do you see in bartender bodies um, that are kind of, is there anything that's universal? Are there any issues that you see that um, are pretty consistent between a lot of people that work in bars and restaurants that you think needs to change? Oh, do we have an entire week? (laughs) (laughs) I I literally have, and, and this is with, and this isn't just hospitality people. This is actually, you know, my actors, I have a whole pattern, but bodies have patterns and there, there are some variations and everyone's going to tell me, every individual is going to tell me about whatever injury they had or whatever thing they had as a child or whatever they broke when they were five or, you know, like whatever else that created this and okay. And also you just have a bartender pattern or you just have a pattern. And so there is very specifically a pattern, but the biggest issue is the biggest issue is that whatever pattern you have has developed into a fascial pattern. And so, can we jump into really quick basic on what fascia is and, yes. and why it matters? So, in the the least, I, also I I do not speak I I don't want to speak to anyone in language that isn't their own language. So I don't teach anatomy. I talk to you about your body because why does it matter if it's um, if I'm using anatomically correct terms, if you can't locate them, feel them and identify them and understand them in your own body. And none of us can, by the way, I mean, there are very few people, even the physicians that I work with and the professional dancers who have been educated, you know, like Ivy league educated in anatomy they will tell me because somebody else told them or because they identified it. Oh, it's my whatever, you know, it's my, that's my, they name a muscle, they name it, they name a tendon, they name a nerve. And often that's not actually what, where that is on their body. It's where Mm -hmm. they think it is or where it should be, but it's not actually there or it's what, so bodies are a great big puzzle. They're a really interesting puzzle. Um, so we're not going to talk about, you know, your, we might talk about your IT band because that's one of my pet peeves with bartenders, but we're not going to talk about your, you know, your TFL or your whatever. We're going to talk about your body relative to as if we were all five-year-olds and we can point. Okay. Okay. So great. This is, and this is how I describe fascia to anybody in the hospitality industry. Fascia, well, fascia is all the connective tissue in your body. And under a microscope, healthy fascia looks like runny egg whites. It's clear, it's gooey, it's runny, it's a little sticky. Um, It's the coolest thing. And if you have healthy fascia, 
one, it feels doughy to the touch. It feels like the best dough ever if you're not engaging a muscle. So when you're perfectly relaxed, when your arm is lying down, if your leg is sitting, you're sitting on the floor and your leg is resting and nothing is doing any work whatsoever, um, if you're lying on the floor, no muscles should be engaged because you're, they're actually at rest. So if your muscles are not engaged in any fashion, you're not using them, then you should be able to, or I should be able to pull on your tissue, on your skin, and be able to pull skin off, like it's very thin, not like it's a thick pig skin. And I should be able to dig in and find bone, and I should be able to find tendon and ligament, and like I should be able to feel muscle that's relaxed. I should be able to feel around in there and feel all kinds of interesting textures and shapes, okay? Uh-huh. Fascia. And, and that healthy fascia, that runny, gooey, egg whitey stuff, it allows us, it protects and it supports. And as we learn more and more, as fascial scientists learn more and more about fascia, learning um, how it feeds the body, how it, how it transports information and um, nutrition and all kinds of other things. And so it's really, it's like really cool stuff. And we still don't know very much about it yet. And it's sort of porous. So I call it hydrated or dehydrated. So it looks a little bit like if you took a wineskin and um, you've got the little holes in it. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like under a microscope. If you're looking really deep under a microscope at, at an individual, you know, individual little cells of, of fascia. So, so it's hydrated if you can see those little holes and if it's doughy and if it's runny and all of that. And that means that water is going to be able to pass through it liquid. You know, it's, it's, it's hydrated. You, you, you get to hydrate through it. Water passes through it, et cetera. And it allows muscle, it supports. And if it's healthy, muscle will contract when you're using it and release when you're not and contract when you're using it and release when you're not. And you're going to have proper blood flow based on whatever your heart is pumping. And you're going to have um, muscle that you can build and ligaments and tendons that are being used correctly to hold your skeletal alignment. Because, you know, our skeleton is just a bunch of bones lying on the floor and then things connect it and then it becomes animated by what muscle can do and ligament and tendon. With me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's healthy fascia, right? Muscle contracts, releases, contracts, releases. When you go to sleep, if you have healthy fascia, people always say to me, oh, I slept funny. I hurt my neck. My neck hurt. I slept funny. And my biggest line in response to that is, it's not how you slept, it's how you put yourself to bed. Because have you ever seen a toddler wake up and go, oh, I slept funny. I <laughs> my neck, I felt like, watch how kids fall asleep. Watch oh, yeah, kids. like upside down, yeah. half on the bed. Watch how they <laughs> their bodies. And they're never like, oh, I'm a little stiff. And, and one of the <laughs> other lies, one of the other stories that we tell as humans is that that's aging which is absolute BS because I don't know when, when you will have this air, but on January 17th, I turned 54 and I don't wake up in the morning and go, ow, Ooh, that, Ooh, I got to get going before. And it's not because I'm so fit. It's because I have healthy fashion. I know how to take care of my body. When I was 34, I felt that way. Mm -hmm. So something to consider. It's not age. It's yeah. fascia and alignment. So, um, so, unhealthy fascia is more dense and it looks to me underneath a microscope more like kind of thick gooey sort of um think of it as sort of not 
quite congealed fat, but more along those lines. Like a, it's still clear, but it's, it's more like silicone kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's denser to the touch. And if you were to pull on your arm, it's going to feel more like you have pig skin. That, that's a bartender thing, by the way, that, that we used to talk about that. The, they would, one of my bartenders would say, actually, Kevin Burke would say, my legs feel like pig skin. And, um, and then and so we knew that, that he had some work to do on his fascia, that something was going on, but it'll, the, the skin will, the tissue will pull off better and you'll be able to kind of get, you, you, you can't pull off because of the, because it's so thick. Um, if the fascia is unhealthy and you kind of can't delineate and get the muscle to relax and you can't tell, you can't get to bone, you can't get to all the little interesting pieces inside. But because of that, it, when you go to sleep, your muscles get held in grip to some degree, and especially the muscles that you use the most. So if we have unhealthy fascia, if we have dehydrated fascia, then we're being held in what I think of as a fascial cast. You know, we're sort of um, stuck in whatever our repetitive motion positions are, which means that then our skeleton is going to be being pulled more in one direction or another. So if, for example, you stand with a wide stance all the time, bartender stance, wide stance. You automatically are dumping your, um, your weight and your ankles your, to the outside of your feet, which means that you're going to negatively impact the joint at the outside of the ankle and the leg, right? Mm -hmm. You're putting a lot of tension on the IT band, which goes from the knee to the hip. So you might have knee problems because of that. But, but people talk a lot about their IT band and they say, oh, my IT band is like a piano wire. And they're always trying to foam roll or beat their IT band in, into submission. And it's not the IT band's fault. It's the fault of the fascia on the inner thigh that you never use that has become degraded right. because you never use those muscles. So, um, and, and the fact that your IT band can't help but work that hard because you've changed the alignment of your feet and your ankles. So you only are really using the outside of that foot and that ankle. You don't have the ankle, ankle mobility, but if right. you stand that way all the time, then you're automatically also not supporting your pelvis. So you can do as many crunches. Don't ever do a crunch. There's no reason for it. You can do as many, you know, like whatever else as you want to try and strengthen your core and you're strengthening probably more out of that alignment, but also how you're standing all day is not supporting your pelvic floor. It's not supporting your glutes. It's not using your hamstrings from length. It's not using your inner thigh. It's now changed the shifts that you're sticking your belly out at me a little bit instead of using your abdominal muscles. So you put more load on your back. You're overusing your back extensor muscles, you know, kind of that arch of your back. You've got a bigger arch to your back. Your ribs are probably, um, if you're a boy, your rib cage, the bottom of your rib cage, um, probably is um, up higher and sticks out more than my little boobs do. So you, mm -hmm. um, if you're if if you're a girl, I think of it as your second set of ribs are bigger than your or your second set of boobs are bigger than your first set of boobs because your ribs mm -hmm. are sticking out at me all the time. Your sternum is popped up towards your nose, and you now you're getting a little bit of forward head position. And with a bartender, you have a standing leg and a power arm, and usually. Sometimes it's not the same, but in most bartenders, the standing leg and the power arm is the same. And then you're going to have one shoulder that shifts forward and one shoulder that shifts back. And you're going to have a couple of ribs that are sort of out of alignment, one up higher on one side, one down lower on the other side. You also, as a bartender, often have um, the same joint issue that you have on your ankle. 
you've got on the outside on the pinky side of your hand. And then if you were to take your hand and spread it out flat and run your fingers over the back of your hand, it should be flat. Or if you look at it, yours is probably concave because all of those bones and all of those fingers are kind of the bones of your of your hand are kind of all smooshed together. Um, does any of that sound familiar? Yeah, I mean, you've just painted a, a picture of like a train wreck of a human body. And it's like every single person well, it's not that... a train wreck. It's just a little bit disorganized. It's just yeah. nobody is a train wreck. What I what I painted a picture of is is stuff that I see all the time. Like that's how I know yeah. somebody walking in front of me is a bartender instead of that they're a professional dancer because they've got another thing. It's how I know that they are. You know, like I mean, you just you can tell. I can tell. I can tell bodies frequently. I can tell professions frequently by bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so where, where do we start to fix this? What are the simple things that you believe that bartenders and other, you know, hospitality professionals can start to do? I mean, it sounds to me like the first thing is to just be aware and, you know, cognizant of how you're standing. And, Starting to notice, and- Yeah. But the very first thing, the very first thing, if you want a little bit of ease, if you want to, if, if you want to make anything any better, um, the very first thing you do is every single night, no matter what, no matter, you know, in a world, in, in a world we dream of again, where you have the worst possible, the shortest possible time between uh, that, that you are, you know, you, you are saying, but Marcia, I can't do this because I clope in. I've only got four hours actually at home. I need to just be in my, nope, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. So in the, in the word, in the best possible scenario where there's a world where you clope in again, and it's a nightmare, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to practice resting position before you go to bed for at least 10 minutes. So, and all of, you know, all of this stuff is given away for free on my Instagram, but resting position and pink balling, and and it is also in the links on my Instagram where to buy these. There, and I don't sell them. OPTP pink balls that you only use underneath your your butt, but pink balling your ass. And, and <laughs> I mean, these are the things. And if you look at some of my bartenders, you will have seen, you know, you you see that um, that for example, a Tyler Hutchins. She travels. She's got two sets. And she's hers are always packed because she's traveling to do events, etc. Um, you you have two pink balls. Use one under each each side of your little tush, and that's there's a video for that in Instagram as well. I mean, this is not stuff that I am saying. Okay, now you have to book with me to learn how to do this. It is so spelled out. Somebody said to me one day, "You use a whole lot of words to tell somebody to lie on the ground." I'm like, "Yep," because I want it to be mm-hmm. exactly this, and people get it wrong. Just like I have to tell yeah. people now, you can't work on your precious fascia when you're altered because somebody gave themselves, um, somebody broke through their skin because they were too high while they were working on their fascia and they got a staph infection. Yep. So I say all wow. the things that possibly can go wrong until I hear the next thing that can go wrong. But I'm very, I know, I know you just never know until it happens. But so um, resting position, it's very specific. Resting position, pink balling your ass. What that's going to do is it's going to allow gravity to help you reset things just a little bit so that then your body can rest in between being up and in your world. 
So that's, that's number one is it's the care we take for us of ourselves after. And it's not beating yourself into submission with a foam roller. The only thing I allow people to use on their precious bodies are pink balls underneath their butts. Everything else is your own hands. Um, so not using, we rehydrate fascia with warmth and manipulation. Okay. Foam roller is not warm and it cannot ma manipulate. It can, it can push and crush. Mm -hmm. um, an electronic device cannot give you feedback to know whether you're about to hit a nerve or whether you're right. deep into something, right? So our hands, yeah. we can learn how to take care of our own body with our own hands. And then we're going to know when something goes wrong too. But so, so pink balling your ass and resting position, that's first. The second is initially it's very hard to say, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the midst of my job, which again, cognitively, right, requires so much of you. I can't be thinking about how I'm standing. I can't be thinking about, I'm, I'm taking all these other things in and I'm trying to get this number of drinks out and I'm trying to, you know, be what whoever is sitting in front of me needs me to be that night, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm reading, you know, I, I'm just reading all the people who just walked into the bar before they even see me. I have just read them and I'm already starting to understand what kind of night they need, what, what kind of host I have to be to them. You know, all these things are going on, but what's happening when you're doing your prep work? What's happening when you're brushing your teeth? What's happening when you're making the coffee? That's what well, we can impact how you're standing. And well, we're all so, you know, I, we're all so willing to, to teach ourselves something new if we know it benefits other people, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'll, I can learn, I can learn to bartend ambidextrously. Um, I can, you know, I can do everything that I can do with my right hand with my left hand as well, because I know that the result of that is that I'm faster mm -hmm. and that I can make more drinks for more people um, at a quicker pace. Right. Um, but, you know, when it comes to like, I need to, I need to put that same effort into how I stand behind the bar, not because it benefits my guests, but because it benefits me. But and then all of a sudden we can't. But Alex, it does benefit your guests. You've just made my point for me. You've just made my mm -hmm. point because a body that is well-organized and efficient and doesn't have to work as hard to do the exact same thing, right? Doesn't have to use compensation patterns, uh, hands mm -hmm. and arms and wrists and shoulders that have greater mobility and dexterity are going to be faster and more specific. There you go. Right. A body right. that isn't working so hard just to be upright. Think about the brain space and the creative space and, and the empathetic space that that clears in your body. We know that if you aren't in chronic pain and if your body is able to let go and rest and recover at night, that you are going to sleep better. Right. So if, if, mm -hmm. if you, if you are sleeping better, then you have more to give the next day. If you are more powerful and you're actually using your body the way that it was designed to be used when you are standing behind the bar, just to be standing upright, that means that your body isn't having to, in your subconscious, sort of that little, you know, kind of behind your back guy who has to fix all the things that you're doing wrong so that it still comes out to the guest right. You know, that, that mm -hmm. sort of idea, right? So that oh, you know, this, they don't have to be like, you know, fixing the picture, fixing the whatever, because it was just a little bit wrong. So you've got to add a little bit more of this, do a little bit more of that, you know, 
your body doesn't have to fix all those things just for you to be upright. So it doesn't have to do extra stuff, which means that you have the capability to do more, to think more, to feel more, to experience more, to take in more, and to put out faster and more efficiently and a better product. There you go. I mean, that if that's not a selling point to everybody in our industry for to take care of yourself, then I'm shit out of luck for it. <laughs> that, that you all care about each other more than you care even about your guests. So mm-hmm. what if you were just a better coworker? You know, yeah. what if you were easier to be around? What if you didn't snap because you were tired or want to snap in your head, even though you don't snap at somebody? What if um, you were able to see and hear and recognize when somebody else was maybe in a little bit of trouble? Mm-hmm. You know, what if that person, because you're so open and, and you're able to take that in, is able to reach out to you and get your help in some way? Yeah, that's amazing. I, I'm here for it. I'm, you know, I've been dealing with my own physical issues since we've gone back to work. And, uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough to even convince me to, to set a time, decide time to, you know, to remedy those issues. But it's, um, well, and that's my, it's important. that's my other big fear, um, with, within all the industries that I, that I serve is one of the things that we know is that we can keep going and manage and with compensation patterns and our repetitive motion issues and that repetitive motion life even disorganized it's when we Mm -hmm. stop that then that stuff really starts to lock up and show itself to us and so then when Mm -hmm. we try and go back to that we haven't been working that muscle of that repetition. And by muscle, I don't mean specific muscle. I mean, our entire mechanism has not been managing and keeping sort of that going. Have you ever noticed it, it, Have you ever noticed how if you're doing, you're doing, you're doing, and you don't really feel stiff, you don't, you, you know, or you do initially, but then it, it just, it takes care of itself. It works itself out. But then if you have a week off and all of a sudden you start to feel kind of like some of the ick, of whatever has Mm -hmm. been going on. And then you try, if you were to try and jump back into it, it might take a a couple hours longer for you to get your body warmed up into it. Does that make sense? Uh Uh-huh. So now think about long periods of time off. And this is the thing that's, that's been so bothersome to me is there's a lot of crowdsourcing of how to fix your body, how to use your body. You know, plantar fasciitis is a big one. And my God, if one more person, if I see one more person tell somebody to ice plantar fasciitis, I swear to God, or to put it in a brace or to stabilize it and not move, I swear to God, it, it's like, it, again, I scream into the void. But yeah, well, I, well, I had a similar experience, actually, I had horrible foot issues about three years ago. And every, and I would, you know, post online about what was going on. Everybody was like, oh, it sounds like you have plantar fasciitis. Sounds like you have plantar fasciitis. Finally went to the doctor. I had a Morton's neuroma Mm -hmm. and uh, like, couldn't be further from that. You know, um, you know, it's, you can't just because you love your friends and you trust our industry and people have been there before. You can't rely on on your friends. Well, I was thinking for medical advice, uh, you know, I have a couple of friends who are great, um, hobbyist bartenders 
But if I'm going to have someone create a drink menu for me, I'm going to go to a professional. Right. Because that matters to me. If I'm, if I'm throwing an event or if I'm, you know, opening a space, I'm going to hire or writing an article. I'm going to hire a professional, not my friend who is a hobbyist in it, who's really good. But what they actually do for a living is they're a chemist. Right. So that's the part of this. This last year has given me some space to start thinking about this idea of how are we as, as humans, not, not just hospitality people, but as all humans, where are we with our comfort level relative to who we go to for things in our bodies? And we go to, you know, bless her heart. I don't know her personally. She's not one of my people. Um, but you know, we go to Gwyneth Paltrow to learn about her. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think she has another yeah. job and she might really have a lot of people around her who know a lot of things, but I'd rather go to them than go right. to, like, I'm not going to have Gwyneth Paltrow tell me how to, you know, take care of my skin or roll out my body. I'm going to actually go to yeah. a professional, especially if something feels wrong. And so I feel like we, within both fitness and wellness, we, the thing that we struggle with within wellness and fitness is being recognized actually as professionals, which is something that bartenders, I think, really struggle with. People, when I talk to people about mm-hmm. my bartenders, they're like, oh yeah, well, I don't know. And I'm like, no, 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 no. These are the best in the world. These are the best in the world. And these are people who are as passionate about their career as, as any artist of any kind is about theirs. And they want to be able to do it for the rest of their lives. And they put more time and energy into it than I, I promise you, you put into whatever your job is. And right. Yeah. You know, no, these are not people who are doing this as, as, as their, as their side gig while they work on something else. I mean, certainly many bartenders have multiple interests and artistic pursuits as well at the same time that this is, this is their co- chosen career and the love of their life. So, um, so why is it that, you know, that we don't as a, as a population really recognize as much your profession as such a beautiful and intricate and and um, learn it profession. Well, it's the same thing with wellness and fitness. We don't look at it as I'm going to go to somebody um, and who who really knows these things, you know. And and that's been. I'll be honest with you, and you and I can decide whether this is appropriate to use or not. But my greatest struggle within with working with hospitality people is um is breaking through the barrier oh absolutely yeah absolutely Uh, someone who works within someone who is within the industry is always going to be invited to the party before i and Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to not be a member of the community to to serve the community and to care so much and to know and to see and to say look i've spent all every waking moment and sometimes my sleeping moments, which is a little bizarre thing about me because sometimes I dream about bodies and fix them in my dreams. But, um, and then I, <laughs> then I know what to do. You know, so my subconscious is working on bodies, but I spend every waking moment studying and learning and thinking about and fixing bodies and teaching people to fix their own bodies. 
so it's tough sometimes to not be invited to do that versus somebody who has great intentions and is doing lovely, wonderful things and very interested in bodies, but their real job and their real career is a hospitality career. Right. Well, you know, it's a, it's about time that, that those priorities get changed at, you know, conferences and, and seminars and all of those things that, you know, I hope that in the years to come, we can look at those, those priorities and make sure that we have people like you who can bring a professional and, you know, uh, what's the word I'm even looking for a trusted um, and educated opinion. um, Professional who's coming in to consult on that topic. Exactly. But, but also not making it so that it just has to happen at workshops, et cetera, et cetera. So that it's the messages that we're sharing. It's the conversation that's being had among you and, and the work that's being shared among you, not just at conferences and workshops, because that's the other thing. Taking care of your body and learning about it and being aware of it is as much of a practice as it is to, um, you know, make whatever it is your most ordered drink you know your most ordered uh basic you know mm-hmm. I'll, I'll i'll think yeah. of one of my favorites everybody knows how to make a negroni right mm-hmm. you make a lot of them so mm-hmm. it became a practice you got better at it you got better at everything that you did by practicing it and you still continue to practice it all you have to do the same thing with your body it's a practice absolutely well, Marcia, we are, we've talked hit about well. our time limit <laughs> um, and it's been such a, an awesome opportunity to talk to you. And I hope that we get to have more conversations like this because I think that it's so important. Um, and I hope that everybody that tunes in, you know, feels like they can start to be a little bit more cognizant about what they're doing with their bodies and, and how they're treating themselves. Um, but before, before we go, mm-hmm. I want to, to ask you just one beverage related question okay. um, because I, I like to, you know, to wrap it up that way mm-hmm. uh, to talk about something about, about our world. That's a little bit more lighthearted. So um, if you could be anywhere in the world, having something to drink right now, where would you be and what would you be drinking? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I love my city a lot. So I'd probably like someplace in my city to be open and, um, and safe and, and have certain people here. But the first thing that pops into my head is I'd like to be sitting at some beautiful bar in Denver. And I'd like to have Kendra Anderson on one side of me and Kevin Patrick Burke on the other and be sipping just my basic, which is a Campari on the rocks with a little bit of lime. <laughs> that sounds so, so wonderful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds really great. Yeah. I'm sorry to get emotional. It's just, it's, you know, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's just uh, the opportunity to, or, or even, you know, the other thing that I miss so much, Alex, is just going and sitting in a bar by myself 
and just watching bartenders and getting to enjoy what they do and have a conversation with one. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that we get to do that again soon. We will one day. We just, the other thing is just, you know, the, the most important thing right now for all of you as, as much as you can, mind, body, spirit is keeping yourself safe and alive. I mean, that's, that's really for everybody in hospitality right now. And, and that's, that's relative to this virus and relative to everything that has happened to all of our worlds, but yours specifically, um, because of that, the virus, because of the shutdowns, because of the necessity of it is nothing matters more than you. Nothing matters. Whoever is, if, if you use this part, Alex, I just want, I want a couple things to be really clear. Number one, whoever is listening to this, you are so important. You matter so much. You matter so much. Your biggest job and the thing that we need you to do and the thing that everybody who has ever met you or ever will get to meet you needs you to do is to do everything possible to keep yourself going and to just protect yourself. And then the other thing I just want everybody to know is it shouldn't hurt to do your job and it does not need to. I promise you. Yes, ma'am. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. It's been so nice to chat. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Truly. Um, I couldn't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. It, it means the world. This episode was brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Most Imaginative Bartender. To learn more about the Most Imaginative Bartender competition and the Canvas project, go to mostimaginativebartender.punchdrink.com. Make sure to tune in every Monday for new episodes of Focus on Health, and don't miss No Proof with Joshua Gandy every other Wednesday.